Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. I am here today with Mr. Paul Eastwood. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. That is good. I am fighting a bit of a cold. You can probably hear it in my voice, but uh, I'm excited to be here. This is our 21st episode of Postscript, which I think is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, it's also our last before we're going to take a little break over the summer and we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do some one-off episodes. Um, we're going to call it season two. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about anything, if you're interested in anything, send me an email, send Paul an email. Yeah. We would love to to figure that out. But let's let's dive in. This is our uh, last in our series called Leaders DNA. Yeah. And this this Sunday we talked a bit about courage. Do you want to give us a little recap, Paul? Yeah. Well, I, I think I would just say you know to kind of pull everything together, recognizing that you know we're moving into this new season, talking about living intentionally, and I think that the idea. So we the the topics that we've covered as we've gone through this leadership DNA or leader DNA is we've talked about the idea of being connected to the vine and having a servant attitude, servant heart. And then we talked about these, this idea of combining courage and compassion. And I think that those things, if we take those, they will serve us in whatever place we have influence, but they'll also serve us as, as the whole church as we move into this year of living intentionally. Because mm. those attitudes drive us to some pretty, uh, they can drive us to some things that might scare us a little bit. I actually hope, you know, I, I told the story on Sunday about um, you know, David and Goliath. And I hope that some people, as they think about that story and recognize what must have been going on in David's heart, what must have been going on in the people as they watched him do this and just kind of rush into the battle. And I hope that by the end of the service, people were thinking about their own context and feeling that lump in their throat, recognizing that there are places that I need to step into. Mm. And courage is uh, not only a mark of a leader, but it's also a mark of people who are following Jesus. Yeah. And and truly, I think that you know, courage grows when we. Well, I would say that courage, generally speaking, um, is is really uh, directly related to our confidence in God. And what I said on Sunday is that, you know, our courage grows when we see God is bigger than our problems, when we listen to God rather than all the different voices, and when we focus on God's plan first. And so those were some mm -hmm. of the ways that we talked about this big issue of courage. Yeah. Now, you and I have been having this fun, ongoing conversation today about about this topic, about courage, and about courage and compassion together. So I'm going to dive right in. And, yeah, totally. And we'll, I mean, hopefully it's not too much of a sidetrack for those who are listening. Um, but last week when you were talking about uh, compassion you you said that compassion is something that's kind of innate in all of us sometimes it takes a bit of digging out but it's there it's one of these things that reflects the image of god in us uh, and this week you said that courage wasn't that in the same way uh and my my question for you my kind of pushback in that is 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 that related more to your personality or how do our personalities fall into this right and and i mean for the listeners who don't know us well um I would probably fall a little more uh, on the side of task-oriented over people-oriented. I don't have a lot of the mercy gifts. Paul, you have more of those things. You're more, totally. and I don't, I don't want to say more naturally compassionate, yeah. and I'm more naturally courageous, but maybe there's a bit of that dynamic. So I sure. just, I had questions, really, is, is courage not as innate as compassion? Yeah, and I think the answer in my mind is, yeah. And, I, you know, and this is something that I think is a really good conversation for other people to be having beyond this a podcast but yeah so to me i think that compassion is part part of compassion and and, and is really about our our response to justice mm. and i think that we recognize when things are wrong and i think all of us do there are certain people who have those mercy gifts who definitely lean further in than others but in my mind i think that the this idea of courage is actually or sorry compassion is something that is 
is inside of us somewhere. There's a seed of it somewhere. Yep. And uh, it may be completely exploding in all kinds of ways, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think courage is something that is learned. It, it mm-hmm. comes with experience. It comes with, um, you know, it, it certainly personality can drive us further to, um, to you know, do courageous acts. Um, but I also think that that courage is something that all of us can learn. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would say the one way that I w- I've been thinking about a little bit is that I think that oftentimes we can we can be moved by our compassion to act courageously sure but where i wonder is is it true or is is there a time when we are um we are moved by our courage to find compassion Hmm. and and i don't see that happening as much so that's why i would flip it and say that Yeah. yeah i think courage there's something about courage that's innate in us as being made in the image of god and courage is something that we um grow into or we uh, we can kind of, we can learn more about, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's kind yeah, of no, where that's... I think, but, but I think your question is a good one because I think sometimes when we think about these big topics and you might be out there, you know, completely disagreeing with me because you're thinking, okay, no, I'm, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. And I think sometimes, you know, it's possible that our, our own personality gets in the, not gets in the way, but, but forms how we think about certain things. Absolutely. Right. And I think, I do think it is important, um, to note that like what we're talking about here, I mean, you're, you're, our, our courage is directly related to our confidence in God. Right. Courage is not directly related to how much of it is in my personality or how much of it, how right. much compassion is in your personality. Right. Like yeah. so much of this is defined by God. And sometimes our personalities are, are stronger in certain ways, but that doesn't actually necessarily mean that we're doing these things as defined by God. Right. Just because you're, you have the mercy gifts and because that's how you, you are very empathetic or compassionate yeah. doesn't actually mean you're allowing God to define it. Just because I'm not afraid of harder conversations or want to, you know, get up and do stuff and kind of get yeah. to it. It doesn't actually necessarily mean that I'm doing it the way that God you're right. created me. To and do I it. think, I think, I think you're bang on there. And just to, to say it again, the fact that I actually, like my giftings sort of fall onto the mercy side and some of those kind of pastoral gifts. And you're right, exactly as you've described it, that doesn't make me more compassionate than you. Hmm. What makes me more compassionate is last week we talked about this idea. Compassion, uh, Warren Wearsby says, compassion is your pain in my heart. Hmm. And what we talked about, what we see in Jesus is that he sees something, he allows it to penetrate into his into his heart and he thinks about it and he's moved to action because of it. So the compassion yeah. comes from, the compassion is not about trying to be a good person or trying to be well-liked or you know, trying to make a friend. Compassion is about, um, is about seeing something that, you know, the, and, and, and sometimes the most compassionate thing we can do is to, is to courageously step into some places and have those hard conversations. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's far more compassionate. So, and just because you are someone who has a lot of confidence or self-confidence, that doesn't make you more courageous mm-hmm. because our, our courage, the way that I think that we should look at it from a biblical perspective is that our courage um, actually comes from our confidence in God. Yeah. And, and that's where I started last week. I mean, we had this, this story of, of David and Goliath. And when you, t- when you listen to that story, if we, when we tell it, I mean, if you're in a, in a hockey change room or you're in a, you know, dugout before a baseball game and you're playing the, you know, the big bad team, the best team out there, there's this whole idea of the David and Goliath syndrome. It's the underdog and it's like, go out there and muster up the strength and you go do it, face your challenges, do yeah. it, do it, do it. And, and we get this idea that, you know, the David was this, you know, strong and just very, the, the courage is just oozing out of him because he stepped mm-hmm. out onto that battlefield. But we look at that story 
he would not have stepped out on that battlefield if it wasn't for his faith in God. Yeah. He stepped out on that battlefield, not knowing what was going to happen, but recognizing that God was going to look after him. Hmm. I love the fact that David, when he steps out onto the battlefield, takes five stones with him. Why did he take five? Yeah. I mean, if he was self-confident, he just would have taken one. Sure. That's all I need, right? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a perfect shot. But he, he took those five stones because he didn't know what was going to happen. Sure. Maybe, maybe he'd need to use all five of them. Maybe, you know, who knows? Um, but self-confidence is not necessarily courage. Hmm. I mean, it, it demonstrates itself in courage and people around us would call it courage, uh, but it's not necessarily courage. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. Well, I think, I think one of the things that you had mentioned before that, you know, that, that maybe we're getting to is that, is that if you are a person who is naturally, you know, like sort of predisposed to a compassionate perspective, Mm. Then your responsibility as as a leader, and I think as a follower of Jesus, is to develop your courageous side, is to mm. focus in on that side of of stepping into those things that are hard. And if you're someone who has that courageous bent, or perhaps that um, you know that that desire just to kind of um, you know sort of task oriented, I think that we all in those cases the 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 role or the job is to is to really focus and develop that compassionate side yeah and i mean you referenced earlier jesus and jesus the way jesus had compassion on people and this week we talked a little bit about the fact that you know jesus didn't actually heal everyone i know right he had to make hard decisions and uh and and i mean for me this all comes down to walking with the spirit yeah um right so being in communion with god actually like actively listening to god which is something i mean i you know what i want more than anything else i want a really good system I want someone to tell me you need this much compassion, this much courage, put every situation through this and you've got the right answer. Bang. Right. I I feel like so often we come to the Bible with that desire to be like, okay. And even, I mean, one of the challenges of preaching, right. Is that in some ways you want to get to the end of the passage and be like, so you need to do these three things exactly like this and boom, you'll be more walking with Jesus. Yeah. And sometimes that's true. Yeah. And sometimes there are moments where we're called to have a measure more courage than what would come naturally or measure more compassion or, or these things that we say, you know, having courage and compassion together in this moment looks like doing this thing. Absolutely. Um, And that doesn't always come naturally to any of us, right? No matter what our personalities are. Yeah. Um, It's allowing the relationship with God, our prayer lives are, you know, being in tune and hearing God's spirit, being surrounded by wise people, spending time in the word, allowing these things to influence us. Yeah. And I would say that, that courage and compassion, um, together are, are so crucial in leadership, Mm. but I, and I, and I, you know, just to, um, you know, between you and me, we're friends here. It's just you and me. Just, just us. So, you know, we made some decisions as a church, uh, to bring two congregations together. Yeah. And it was hard. We had two groups of people who were meeting who had their own distinct ideas about what they wanted worship to look like and feel like and, you know, all those kind of things. Mm. And and so I remember having this conversation oftentimes around this idea of what's the most compassionate thing. And and what I came to the understanding as we, you know, met together and prayed about it and all these kind of things, the picture to me was a was a dinner table. And I started to think about this idea that if we invited a group of people who had a particular taste, a particular idea of what they, and said, look, we're, we don't want you with us. We want, we, but, but don't worry, we've set up your table just the way you like it, with mm. the napkins the way you like it, and the, you know, all that stuff will be exactly as you like. Well, if any of us did that at a, at a dinner kind of situation, you would say that's not compassionate. That's, that's not compassionate. The most mm. compassionate thing is to invite people to your table, to sacrifice so that everybody can enjoy a time around the table. And so to me, the, the decision to, to bring our services together 
um, was a decision that our leadership made that took tremendous courage. Mm-hmm. It was also a very compassionate thing that we did. Yeah. And I think that those things, the way that we connect those kinds of things is really, really crucial. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the key here is that you can't, man, if you weren't, if you weren't here for one of these sermons, if you missed the last podcast yeah, totally. or the last sermon, you can't just take one of these. Yeah. You can't have courage without compassion. You can't have compassion without courage. If, if you're doing just one, you're, you're probably not, not being led by God well to respond. And, and yep. so often these decisions that we make that even sometimes people perceive them as just being one or the other, they, they are a combination of both. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard. So, so let me ask this as a kind of a big hypothetical, mm-hmm. um, as a, as a leader, as someone who, who regularly makes decisions that affects, that affect many people, what do you do when, when someone, when you make a decision and you feel like you're making it out of both courage and compassion and someone says, Nope, you're doing it wrong. Uh, not if, when, first of all, (laughs) but I would say that when, when those situations come again, it comes back to, um, a, our our courage is, is directly related to our confidence in God. Hmm. If I, if I truly believe that God is bigger than the situation that we're focusing on or, or the problem that we might be addressing. And remember the problem that we could be addressing is sometimes not a bad thing. In the case of Jesus, when I told the story from Mark chapter one, um, where Jesus was was confronted with all these people who wanted healing, who needed him to come by and, and help them. He just they just needed help, and and yet he moved in a different direction. So what I'm saying is that courage is or or compassion. Um, it's not always uh, it's all it's, sorry when we move in courage, it's not always towards something. Something sometimes mm. it's away from good things. Yeah. But again, if we are confident that God is bigger than the situation that we're facing. If we, if we continually bring it back to him in prayer, um, then we are more likely to make wise decisions. Mm-hmm. Are we always going to make the right decisions? No. no. And there are times when we're going to step in it. Huge. Yep. Um, but when we do it, when we, when we aim our, our, the direction of that activity towards God, then I think that we, we, we're always going to be in a good place. Yeah. So... I mean, let's bring it back to this week. This week we are talking specifically about courage. Right. Um, what are some ways to practice courage, to to build up our courage? Um, if, as you say, if it's not as innate as within us, as compassion, what do we do to find that courage, to hear it? Yeah, so again, um, I... I I mean, this 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 could be a setup. I don't want to go directly to the application on Sunday, which was around the way we we approach conversations, spiritual conversations with people. Sure, I think that takes a certain amount of courage that can be practiced. Okay, but I think that there's a certain amount of courage in, you know, one of the things I find really interesting is, and I think I've shared this before on a podcast, but when Jesus went to the the garden. And he, um, and he, before his own crucifixion, he knew this was coming and he had a, um, a, a prayer with God. And we, we understand, we don't hear all the prayer, but yep. one part we do is when Jesus says the very simple thing, not your, not my will be done, but yours. 
Mm-hmm. And I think for for us, the first step in compassion, in, in courage, excuse me, is is when we look at whatever we're facing and we're saying, God, this is what I want to see happen. I want my job back. I I want to be able to restore that relationship with you know that person who's been where it's been broken. I want to be able to speak up when I need to at work. I I want to make the right decision when it comes to you know the 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 big merger that's going to be happening in my business, but not my will be done, but yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that is much more profound. When we say it over and over again, we start to realize, wait, what I'm saying is that I'm okay if things go different than what I expect. Yeah. But God, I want to be led by you. I want your will to be leading what I do. Yeah. And that, I mean, I love that. It's, it's so different. And not that, okay, not that you shouldn't be repeating other Bible verses, you know, be strong and courageous. And we tell our kids these things and yeah. we remind them, and we need these. We, yeah. we absolutely need them. But this, the life of Christ looks like not my will, but yours. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's so hard. That's such a, uh, such a dangerous prayer to pray, isn't it? Yeah. So dangerous. And I think, you know what I think when I think of the the relationship with my neighbors, there are moments when I just want to stay inside. There are moments where I just don't want to engage. There are moments where I'm afraid to engage because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that if I move towards something that, you know, there, I'm going to hurt this relationship somehow. And then I think, not my will, but yours. Yeah. And then when I start to think of that bigger picture and start to recognize this idea of a kingdom focus to my life, mm-hmm. then it's, then, you know, like, I mean, think about how busy we are. We talked about this when we talked about compassion. It's the same yeah. thing with courage. You know, oh, but God, I've got like, I've got baseball practice to go to. I've got this class to do. And, and if I invite them out to Alpha, like, do I have to go to Alpha? You know, we were talking about Alpha as a p- yeah. possible next step for people in terms of invitation. Like, you know, and, and it's like, what if I, what, what about, what about, what about? And then it's like, okay, but not my will, but yours. Yeah. That to me is the starting point of tremendous courage. And I think that's something that can be developed in every single person, no mm. matter what end of the scale you end up on, whether you're someone who's a forward kind of person or you, you tend to lean towards courage more often. Um, yeah, you, that, that idea of, okay, not mine, but yours, I think would, would really put us in a good place. Yeah. I love that. We were talking earlier about alpha and you said we, we played a short alpha video on Sunday, but you talked about another video you saw where someone wrote down yeah. Some names. Can you just share that now? I yeah, it was, it was interesting. Just, you know, one of the ways, so I asked on Sunday and, and if you haven't got this card yet, it'll be at the connection center. You can grab one, but the cards are basically, uh, three people that you're committing to pray for, for the next, you know, through the summer and potentially yeah. be someone you might invite to alpha in the new year. And one of the ways that I've heard this talked about is that, you know, make three lists of three. If you're, if you're mm-hmm. so bold, think about three people who you think in your life would say no right away. Think about three people who you don't know yet and you want to get to know. And think about another three people who you would say would be the most likely to engage in this kind of um, in this kind of connection point, you know, through Alpha. And then what this person said in the video is that they start with this idea of, I start with the people who are going to say no anyways. So if they're going to say no, the ask is easy. I just say, hey, do you want to come out to Alpha this summer? Nope. Okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. And you just move on. And what she was saying is that we're surprised so often at how many people actually say yes in those moments where we're totally shocked. Wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say yes? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other ones obviously spend some time getting to know those people that you don't know yet and yeah. uh, and take some time to really develop the relationships to a point where you can say, hey, I, if you want to talk more about these spiritual conversations, I know a great place. Yeah. I got to tell you, so this gets me really fired up when I start thinking about this because yes. I think about our church and the way I want to see us grow as we move forward. 
I'm just imagine people coming to Christ, coming in through Alpha, learning about it, having that place where they can have these honest and open conversations, mm. and then allowing that to begin to be the first step of their spiritual journey. Um, there is nothing better that we do as a church than you know watching people be baptized, watching people come to faith, and we get to share in that. And that's both a something that should bring us tremendous joy but it should also scare us like crazy mm. because that means that I have to have a conversation with my neighbor or I have to have a conversation with the people around me. And so do you. And, um, that's tough. Yeah. And I mean, one of the reasons why we chose to do this alpha card and this thing now, yeah. I mean, end of, end of June, um, it, that alpha actually doesn't start until October. Right. Um, you have months, literally months to pray over those names and to pray, not my will, but yours, God, not yeah. my will, but yours. Right. And like my will most of the time is I don't want to even enter into this conversation yep. with these people. It's awkward. Just put me you on know, the couch. Give me a bag of chips. Yeah. I'd rather sit there than. <laughs> and, and am I going to, am I going to jeopardize anything? I, I kind of have a system. I, you know, two years from now I might invite them to church and like, nope, not my will, but yours. Um, so I'd really encourage you if you, if you were here on Sunday and you didn't write those names down, write them down. Um, Put them, put them on that card, put them on your fridge, put them in your car, pray for those people and pray not my will, but yours. There, there's one thing in the story that I told on Sunday about David and Goliath. And, you know, one of the things that I'm always struck by every time I read this is that he ran towards Goliath. He ran towards the giant. Yeah. And, and that, that's right there in the passage. And it, it makes me think of him coming down as he got, as he was walking and then it became a little quicker and a little quicker and a little quicker until he was in a dead run. And when it comes to the courage, when we start asking that question, you know, when we start saying, listen, you know, not my will, but yours, my prayer for all of us is that you feel yourself, your, yourself moving towards a run mm. where, you know, in your life where, where it's, you're starting to see that momentum and feel it going a little bit. And then you start moving a little quicker and a little quicker and a little quicker until you're on the run. And if you feel like you're stopped right now, like the friction is just keeping you from moving entirely. You know, my encouragement would be get that thing moving, start yeah. moving forward and start that walk towards those things. And and I think you'll find as you start opening yourself up to what God has for you, I think you'll find that um, that the more courage that you demonstrate, the more courage you find. And so uh, I think that would be something that I really look forward to. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening along. Thank you, Paul, for all of these conversations. We've been 21 episodes of this. Um, I'm looking forward to so many more. Yeah. Um, if you guys have more questions, if there's anything we said here today that you've got a question about or you want to follow up on, we would love the opportunity to do that. Uh, otherwise, we will talk to you later this summer on Postscript. <laughs>